something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Just a note to our listeners that our grief series was recorded pre-coronavirus time because so much of our audience is made up of people who are emotionally and energetically sensitive people, we want to acknowledge the impact of collective grieving that happens when over 300,000 people jump the planet and the increase of stress mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially even, is hugely impactful. Please, we encourage you to get self-care wherever you can. One of the sites that I liked is Crisis Network, all one word, crisisnetwork.org. It lists tools for self-care, like literally it'll give you lists. It has other websites and books that you can read until you find something that is more personally focused to help you through the grieving that's happening all together on the planet and specifically individually for you. Hi, y'all. I'm Julie. Hi there. I'm Brenda. Welcome to Insider's Guide to the Other Side. Now, y'all need to know that we're obsessed with everything on the other side. Yes, we are. Because once you learn to navigate the energetic, or to some, the invisible world, life is going to be more fun and much more serene. Uh, heck yes, it can. Because let's be honest. Brand Earth School is hard. In fact, you taught me that. Let's crush Earth School together. Welcome to Insider's Guide to the Other Side, a production of iHeartRadio. Brenda, 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 my illustrious co-host, how are you today? <laughs> Hello, my elf. How are you? I'm, I'm so good. good. And this may be the only time in this episode that I will probably laugh. Oh, I doubt that. You think so? That. Well... You know, I can find humor in almost anything, but I think that's a whole separate episode on defense mechanism or survival skills. (laughs) Wow. Another confession already. Like, we haven't even been doing this for 30 30 seconds. seconds. (laughs) And then here here she goes. That's a record. That's a record. But there's one topic that I really don't find a lot of humor in, and that topic is grief. I think I still Mm -hmm. feel a lot of mine probably is why I don't find a lot of humor in it. 
Right. But I think today we should talk to folks about grief, about what is grief. I think a lot of people are in grief and they don't know they're in grief. I will raise my hand, even though people can't see my hand being raised except you, <laughs> that I was, I, I've been in that place so many times. And mm. to understand how, you don't know how to navigate if you don't know where you are. Exactly, exactly. So I think today we should, um, you know, talk about grief. And it's also our origin story. Mm, it is, that is very true. And I want to talk also about, I just want to draw a direct line. When we talk about the other side, when we talk about our loved ones in spirit, you can't talk about that without realizing that it's absolutely connected to grief. So that's the important connection that we want to make today. Not that we are expert grief counselors or anything like that, but that indeed it comes up a lot in this space. I think that's totally fair. Although... <laughs> It's fair, but me. <laughs> no, me. listen, I am not a counselor of anything, technically. <laughs> but I will tell you another confession. I have spent thousands and thousands of dollars through my, in my life on different types of counseling and therapy. And it's when I started to understand this that everything started to work. So I'm not yeah. saying it's in replace of because it's not. No. But I think the idea of opening yourself up to it and the healing that you can access different points is ideal. It's kind of like, you know, I'm also not a medical doctor, even though I'm sure that probably surprises some of you. <laughs> okay, see, I am laughing. You know, it's it's like when you look at the Eastern and the Western medicine and you put them both together. So this is kind of, I think, a little bit of that principle maybe. So I, I just, I don't want to discount. Not to discount at all, because yeah. I do think in earth school curriculum, you start with foundations, but you don't usually start with grief because of its intensity and because of the depths that it will take you. You have to have some, you know, experience and some insight and, you know, some confidence in navigating the earth school before you can actually come at grief with a curiosity, with a wanting to learn about it. Because when you're in grief, it's so hard to go, wait, what are you talking about? It's so hard to learn when you're in grief that prefrontal cortex, that part of our brain, the newest part of our brain that wants to understand and make sense of, and the logical part of our brain pretty much gets abandoned because nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense when you are in the depths of grief. So it's nice to approach it in an earth school kind of curriculum kind of way, instead of just learning through the tough, tough path of going through it. So the day we met, We've briefly hit on this before. Mm -hmm. You know, I get a lot of messages, and I know you do, and we do on our Other Side Guides Instagram account. What people write to me about a lot is our connection. Like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, I love just to listen to you, to you guys. You clearly are so connected, and you're fun, and you play off each other, and da-da-da. And, and, and I get so many, like, you guys obviously love each other. I'm like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and I always write back, I love her so much. And I do. And I think... Because if you look at how we started, I remember you putting your hand on my back. I didn't know yeah. what the hell you were doing, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I'm like, what's this bitch doing? She's putting her hand on my back. <laughs> I don't know who she is. I don't know who she is, but she's putting her hand on my back. And that was the beginning. And that was, you know, for those who maybe this is your first episode um, of our show you've ever heard, why this would be the one you choose. It's totally up to you. However, if it happens to be the one you choose, because we met in August of 2011. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I had just turned 40 
two. And I had lost my mother to Alzheimer's from a, a decade battle with that. And then one of mine and my wife, Suzanne's, one of our closest friends and also of our gay husbands, which are also your gay husbands. We, also, we not only share, we share gay husbands. I think that's <laughs> so important. Related. And I think you own them more than Suzanne and I do, but that's, for, that's <laughs> beside the point. It's his longevity. It's longevity, right. <laughs> and we lost our friend Mona to a car accident. And so I was in a severe, I would say, state of grief and totally out of it. I was emotionless and I was – I wasn't stoic. I was nothing. I, w- I felt like a puddle is what I felt like. And what did you say? Oftentimes when you're deep in grief, the world is so scary and you are so vulnerable because you've, you're raw and you're empty. And so the smallest wind will just crumble you. And so why I put my hand on the back of your heart was because the heart chakra was completely shut down. So when you say, I was nothing, I didn't feel anything, because you had bled out completely through the heart chakra. And so I was like, oh, we're going to... I'm going to offer some repairing energy in case that wants to be received. <laughs> like, you know, it felt like it should have been a replacement going. energy at that point because it felt like it was completely gone. <laughs> but, you know, you have to repair before you can replenish, right? And so that's that was my offer with just that. I'm just going to touch her because I was working in the field, but that was the situation was critical. <laughs> Let's just say that. I was a critical patient. Is that what you're <laughs> saying? You were critical in the moment. If I had known you, I would have just said, you know, get on the couch. We're gonna work. I'm going to work on you, you know, but I didn't know you. Like right. I hadn't met you and to meet someone for the first time in such a vulnerable state. And the thing is, you needed to be with Reuben and Jim. You needed to be with your beloved husbands when you came back from your trip and they fed you. <laughs> you didn't have any food at home for you and Suzanne. And, um, you know, like, so you just, and you weren't really even talking that much. You were just kind of there. In that state, what happens when we grieve, something has been shattered. And we grieve for all kinds of reasons. It's not always because someone passed. Sometimes something can happen. We can lose something we love, whether it's a job, whether it's a house, whether it's a marriage, a relationship, a skill. Onset of disease. Right. You can lose your health. You can lose your vitality. Or even musicians who will say have hearing damage. And if they can't hear, they can't sing or they can't play their instruments. All kinds of things, right? If you're injured and you're a professional athlete, that's the combination of both a a health situation and losing your vitality as in your career and your professionalism or what you're known for. There's endless ways to grieve (laughs) because there's all kinds of opportunities in earth school for this lesson, for this kind of challenge. And when we're challenged in this way, we get stronger. We have to navigate the world to find ourselves, to reestablish ourselves in the world. When someone jumps, whether it's a parent, which is the natural order, or if it's a child, which is not the natural order, those are all kinds of different varying degrees of grief. And so, as you said, well, first of all, in our culture, in the U.S., which I know we're not only in the U.S., but in the U.S. culture. Yeah, we got a shout out to the U.K. and Ireland <laughs> yeah. and to Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, Australia. Yeah. Australia is awesome. <laughs> and and, one um, person so, in Ukraine. <laughs> we don't know. There's, there could be more tomorrow. <laughs> we, more. We, might be, we might kill it in Ukraine. <laughs> um, but the greeting in the U.S. is, how are you? I'm fine, right? That's the mantra, right? I'm fine. I'm perfect. I'm good. This is It's all bright and sunny. When you're grieving... You can't even fake that. You're like, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) You know, just kind of move by that. And so if we don't allow people to show their vulnerability, to be vulnerable, to be not their bright, shiny self, to be in that space of they just need to be held 
or they just want to be with someone in silence. Because one of the, one of the other fears, if you're with someone that's grieving, there's a fear that says, "Oh, what if I say the wrong thing?" And I'm like, "Look, their world has already been exploded. It's not going to get worse <laughs> just because you." mentioned the loved one's name because that's the other thing people are afraid to bring up the name of the person who's passed if they're grieving in this way and it's exactly opposite you long to hear your friends your moms your sisters whatever whose ever name it is you long to hear that name over and over you long to have any excuse to hear a story about them it's not don't bring it up because i'm going to be sad it's the opposite i'm already sad so what is it Bren, because I, I think this is so fast. Listen, every time we talk, whether we're being recorded or not recording, I always find it so fascinating <laughs> and to talk to you. I always learn something because I have so this kind. weird ability, everyone, to recall things that Brenda has said like years ago when I can't tell it's, you what I had for breakfast. It's weird. It's so bizarre. <laughs> right? Because um, I pay attention to you. Like you are important. And so my question is because when I look at grief, there's like there's a pre and a post of whatever that event-ish was. Because sometimes events are drawn out, sometimes they're sudden. And we as humans struggle with change because it's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is a change. And if you think about Earth School, we are required to change, right? Yes. But we are so resistant to change. And some of the times we talk about grief, it's about the loss of, or we feel that we've lost, when we lose a person, we think we lose love, right? And we're, mm -hmm. we can get into that because one of the most important things that you told me, and I have, oh my God, I have used it so much, you need to trademark it against me, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, grieving is, is the badge for love, right? Yeah. I think it's something like close to that. Maybe don't want to trademark it because apparently I don't ever get it right. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's exactly what I say. But we have this we fight change. Why do we fight that? Because it seems like whether we feel like we've lost, because it's always feeling like you lose something, right? We've lost right. love or we've lost a job. And I mean, those are two big ones for me. Yeah, absolutely. And so why are we, why do we fight ourselves with that? Let's talk about that when we come back from this break. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? And meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. My dear Alf, such a thoughtful question of why humans don't like change. And it's really the survival skill kicking in at a higher drive that says we need to be safe, right? The amygdala is always scanning for anything that would be unsafe. And so the minute it signals change, it says, oh, now I have to adjust for something. I might not be able to accommodate this if I don't accommodate this. The amygdala is the part of the brain that always takes things to the extreme. If I don't accommodate this, then I won't stack up. I won't have status in my community. I won't, eventually I'll die. <laughs> if I don't have status, I don't have resources. If I don't have resources, I won't eat. If I don't eat, then I'll die. Like it, it just goes immediately to and then I die. <laughs> so that's, it sounds ridiculous to take it to the extreme. Like some people, if, when they get a new car, they get freaked out because everything's in a different place. And if they, if everything's in a different place, you know, it's really hard. I'm like, you bought this car intentionally. It didn't just show up in your driveway. <laughs> you know, like you, you've actually bought Unless this car. Unless you won the publisher's yeah. clearinghouse. Yeah. And then it just shows up. <laughs> and for those five people in the world, congratulations, the car showed up. But everybody else, you picked it. So, this, but this is a, small things and big things freak out our systems. And so we have to make adjustments. And so just the adjustment has changed, but it is hard for us to just kind of decompress into and get used to. How many times, if you've ever moved a light switch in your house, 10 years later, you still automatically walk into a room and think that's where it was. Like, it's just, you get this hardwiring. It's ridiculous. So when the change is negative, like I lost my job, I got a quote unquote diagnosis or someone jumped the planet that it makes it just that much harder. And it feels so vulnerable. It feels there's a public shaming. There's a personal shaming or grieving or loss. You know, it can just get really, really complex and, and overwhelming. Well, you kind of wonder, who am I? Well, you have to navigate the whole world in a new way because who you were, whether it was a, a title or a level or a position or a person in your life, like, who am I without this relationship? Who am I without? And I'm not talking about even a romantic or a marriage, but who am I when my best friend passes, when my parents pass? Because they have all my stories. They literally have all my stories. Right. I'm going to throw in a quick story because I know that stories help people identify yes, themselves. I love your stories. I love your stories. This one just happened. Mm yesterday. You don't even know this one, or you probably You're do because you're psychic. So, uh, <laughs> Psychic humor. Psychic nice. humor. Here we go again. As you very well know, my former position in the corporate world was um, pretty cool. You know, I was the president, which is kind of awesome to have a president title, president, chief data strategist, and head of media at 20th Century Fox Film. And in that position, I had a lot of 
I'm going to call it power. I, I don't know a better word. I don't like that word, power. I had a lot of influence. People listen. I was going to say influ- influence is a good word. A lot of influence people listen because I don't really consider myself power player kind of thing. But influence is, is much better. And not only did I have that internally, but I had it in an external part of my job because part of my job was in the media community. And over my career of 20 eight years, I have probably been responsible between, you know, 10 and $15 billion of spending. That's a lot of spending power. And in that role, you get a lot of people that kiss your butt a lot. I can't say it any more eloquently than they kiss your butt. A lot of butt kissing. (laughs) A lot of people that, you know, oh, Julie, you're so awesome. Now, let me just be really clear about this part of it is that I've always known what it was. I've always intellectually known. And I, I remember telling Suzanne years ago, I go, you know, when all this goes away, because one day it will, I go, I, I know who my friends are, and most of them are not these people. Some of them actually are, but most of them are not. In fact, they were probably so much they hated dealing with me is <laughs> probably the truth of what would come out because it's their job to try to, you know, get the money that whatever I was representing. And I would tell Suzanne, I'm like, these people, listen, if they would run over me in a crosswalk, they'd probably stop and back up to hit me one more time. <laughs> Just in case. (laughs) Just in case they didn't get me good the first go around. So I always intellectually knew that. Now, I'm in New York right now. We're recording remotely. I'm in New York, and I'm working on a project. And I I know my lesson of why I'm here, and my lesson is actually humility because I don't have that influence anymore. don't have that title. I don't have the title that matches that. And I was wondering why in the last few days I've been struggling. Like, I've really been struggling with a lot of this. And I'm like, oh, damn it, our school. Here you go again. (laughs) You're teaching me humility. It's a different lesson that I'm getting at this point in my life. Normally, you would think from a career standpoint, there's a trajection and and it, you know, adds on top of. So it's like there's this influence and you do something else and you even have more influence. No, I'm actually gone to a place because I don't have that to weirdly having less. And that is a very humble thing because that was tied into who I thought I was. So mm-hmm. what I learned in the last few days is, oh, no, Julie, you're not who you thought you were. This is who you are, right? That's a grieving. That's mm-hmm. dealing with something. And it took me days. I, like, I sat with this and wouldn't talk to people for days. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what the fuck's going on with me. And it's like, yeah. oh, this is it. It's, it's our school again. Look, what I would say about that respectfully is that you actually didn't take that kind of time post stepping away from those 28 years of working with that organization. You moved, you got into doing other things, you were boom, 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 boom. And this is what the, in, again, in the U.S. culture is very, very good at getting into action and being busy. So I don't feel too much. I can feel a little bit and think that I've taken care of it. No, 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 I acknowledge this. And even I would say you probably did more grieving before you left as you said goodbye to people. But then once you removed yourself from that environment, it's like, oh, I don't have to acknowledge that separation every day. I don't have to drive by those buildings every day. I'm not having those conversations with people or running into them every day because I just moved myself from there. So I think I'm done grieving, but you're not. No, of course not. So I wanted to tell that story because I think it's so relatable to people because I think, listen, I had dinner last night with these sisters who I just adore. And it's like I can see myself in both because I see one post-grieving and one that hasn't even started yet. I hope they don't hear this episode. And and, um, I do. I hope it helps them. Yeah, no, actually, I'm joking. I actually want them to listen to it because people think they identify grieving with death. So let's talk about death 
it's not really death, jumping the planet and grieving because part of the biggest issues that people deal with in the grieving is that they feel like it's something's gone, right? So this whole right, idea right. that something is gone, hit it, witch. And we'll talk about that when we come back from this break. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome back. So we're talking about death. Another way to think about death is transformation or change. And what we know with what the physics of it says that you can't destroy energy, right? Something that existed always exists in the energetic form. It doesn't get destroyed. And you know that from living your life. When you have some an experience, it could be you were part of a team or you were part of a project or you were part of a family and <laughs> the family changes just because the family changes it didn't take away that dynamic in the family that happened before or the project or whatever and you take that experience with you it doesn't get destroyed it actually informs and creates transformation within you as you move forward just like the love you shared with someone 
when the relationship changes, that love is still there. It's still part of how you experience the world is based in that experience, whether it was I didn't like this class or I didn't like this job, that informs how you move through the world going forward. So the energy doesn't get destroyed. It actually uses the energy of it to feel your energy moving forward so that you continue your transformation, your expansion, your advancement in earth school. So that's what I would say. And we know also that when people drop their bodies, go through the transformation called death, their energy still continues. When you taught me that years ago, it made such a difference because I'm like, oh my God, my mom is gone. Who am I now that she's gone? And you're like, oh honey, she's not gone. She's still here. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Different form, right? That's what you were talking about energy and nothing can be destroyed. It just changes form. It can't have the same type of relationship like the physical one, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I, one of the sisters I was uh, walking with last night, they had actually lost their mother to Alzheimer's. Mm. And we were walking down, you know, is Times Square, which is not the <laughs> place you weirdly have this conversation, but, you know, it's it me. It is if you're a New Yorker. <laughs> and, and I'm your elf. And, you know, I like to talk about these things when, you know, everybody's buying ice cream. <laughs> and we were talking about if I just had one more day. Mm-hmm. It's like if I had one more day. What would I do? I'm like, for me, I would not feel like I had to go to the Egyptian pyramids. I don't need to go to the Nile. I don't need to go to Kilimanjaro. I want to sit on the couch and just snuggle on my mom. That's all I would want to do. Because I think that's really what we all miss is that physical part. But it doesn't mean you can't still feel it without the physicality. And I think that's a really important thing for people to understand. And I think also, you know, when I – when because I talk about grief and loss a lot with people, which is weird – um, because I now have my whole world. I don't know anybody that hasn't lost someone, right? Right. Like, and it doesn't matter how old you are. I know people in their twenties that have lost people. I know people who are younger than their twenties. Listen, I lost my dad in nineteen ninety three. I was a child, right? And so I talk so much about this. And and the one thing that seems to give people comfort is the power that you get from grief. And you and what you taught me is one of those powers is love. You don't grieve if you don't love. That's right. And so there are people who don't grieve, and we would call them sociopaths because they don't attach to anyone. Right. Right. And so those people will not grieve in a profound way. Right. They, they might be annoyed that someone's not around anymore. But Usually to do something for them or fetch something right, for exactly. them. Yeah. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so this aspect of humanity that says, I have had the privilege of grieving Yes. Because I loved so completely. And it is indeed a privilege. And I've also used that. you got to TM a lot of things from me, Bren, because, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, t- I'm kind of turning into a copycat a little bit. No, I'm a student. Let's just say a student that is like spreading, spreading the word Trust of Brenda. Me, you have your own spin on it all. Because <laughs> <laughs> mine's usually not right. <laughs> That's not true. I know. It's all heartfelt. That's what I It's am. all comes from heart for sure. But it, it, but I taught it is privilege though, and I think mm-hmm. for anyone who's experiencing it now, or even having, because you, because listen, grief happens, and, and and I'm sure many people have heard this. It is, it happens different for everyone in different times. It comes in, and it is not linear. And I know that when you first, you know, did a, a group reading, which you weirdly over the phone that one time with the with the <laughs> boys and with Suzanne and I. 
my dad came through. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2011, and my dad died in 1983, and I had not grieved his passing. You didn't really acknowledge it. I actually. didn't acknowledge it. No. Yeah. Thanks. Can go ahead. Out me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Way to go, Bren. <laughs> Just a guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is not... <laughs> If we were not recording, I'd call you names right now. Um, (laughs) But there's not acknowledging it. I think what the whole purpose of this particular episode is for us to kind of like give people ways to look inside and see like, okay, how am I doing with these things that have happened in my life? Do I need to open up? This is so important. So I want to wrap in two points around this topic. First of all, we owe such debt, right, to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who did the original research on grieving. Now, some people have a problem with it today, and they think it's wrong. Right or wrong, I don't care, because it grew, It was the foundation. It was the breakthrough work that gave us the five steps of grieving. Right, denial, right? <laughs> I'm not grieving. There's not a problem here, <laughs> right? Slash your um, elf. Slash <laughs> all of us. Well, we all, yes. <laughs> Some of us have specialties. And then anger, right? There's a that humiliating factor that we cover up with anger that says, I can't control this and I'm terrified. What if I can't control this? So I have to I have to be angry about it because there's power in anger. In denial, there's no power, but in anger there's power. Then we start bargaining, right? The bargaining is the second step. Depression is the fourth step because that's where it's like, oh, crap, this is happening. This has happened. Well, I don't know what to do about it. And then the final step is acceptance. And so these, again, they are the original steps of grief. I'm not saying they're the only steps. <laughs> they are complete, but they are the beginning steps that gave us language for this. And that's what we're trying to do, Jay, is just identify some places that maybe you didn't think to look for grief before because we have to create an opening and this is going to be a little redundant but you have to sit and you have to drop into yourself drop into your heart space and ask yourself how do i feel why am i feeling this way and you keep saying and what's underneath that and what's underneath that and what's underneath that and that's when you get to i'm sad why am i sad i'm sad because this happened and that means this thing is gone whether it was an opportunity, a relationship, a health condition. So this takes a very tender approach, and you have to give yourself space in a world that really wants you to be busy and engaged. <laughs> you know, How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this today. right? And, and you have to say, no, I'm giving myself space for self-care and self-inquiry because grief is subtle, it, and it will eat away at you and distract you if you don't create that space. And you cannot run away from grief. I know people who haven't grieved things for decades, and it just, the tension in their lives builds and builds, the annoyance factor builds and builds until you create the opening. And it feels like the hole you fall into is a mile wide and 10 miles deep, but it's not. It just feels that way in the moment. And once you do the work and you acknowledge the grief, you rise up and you come through the other side. But if you never stop to do that work, it'll just keep nipping at your heels. It'll just keep robbing your energy and diminishing how you experience the world. That's why it's so important to grieve so that it can take you out. And really, this is why we used to wear black if we were grieving, because because it gave people the signal of be gentle with me. I'm tender. I'm really, really tender. And we knew not to demand too much of them because their brain is literally rewiring. 
trying to reestablish their their world and recreate it from the inside out. And I think the most important thing for everybody to know at this moment is that grief is inescapable. It is a part of our Earth school, right? You can't run from it, but also know it is a privilege. Without a doubt. I want to bring in two more places where we don't talk about grief. I just want to give them a, a shout out because it's so important. First of all, when my brother died 30 years ago, the, he, he died of AIDS. And that was something we couldn't talk about. So much so that we there was a big family gathering when he was in his final stages uh, of life. And my grandmother told people that he was in a car accident and that's why he wasn't there. <laughs> like she knew he would like, and first of all, would never even come into my consciousness to lie about something like that. And someone walked up to me at the at the party and said, I'm so sorry, you know, how that your brother was in a car accident. I was like, what? Oh my God, he was, how could he be in a car accident? He's in the, you know, he's in the hospital. Like I didn't, I didn't even, you know, my brain kind of freaked out. Wow. I'm sorry. I didn't even know that. That is insane. It's completely insane. And we do it in other areas too. One is addiction, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's alcoholism or drugs. oxycodone, and right, whatever the other drugs are of choice, or sometimes not choice, right, through addiction. These substances where people have shame over the deaths. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that on top of the grieving. You're putting, you're, you're internalizing someone else's shame and it doesn't matter. So we need to, we need to speak honestly so that we can move through the grief. But when we we go through these social constructs that are put upon you, it it diminishes your ability to navigate the grief with with skill and with grace and with integrity and authenticity and true vulnerability. And it, it, it takes away the power of people to support you too. And then the other situation that comes up and that I've seen come to me a lot was with miscarriages. Right, because you never tell anyone you're pregnant until you're 12 weeks pregnant. But guess what? You're pregnant the first day you're pregnant. <laughs> and so you start attaching in that situation, right? You are living the dream and the hope of having this child. And whatever your situation is around it, it doesn't matter. And when you lose that that child, it doesn't matter what stage it's in. And so if we never tell anyone that we were pregnant, we we don't get the support of grieving. So it's this weird convoluted situation. And so these are just things that we do to make grieving harder as a society that we just need to stop doing. Wow. I, I don't even, yeah, I, you're, yes. I did not know that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on your brother and your, and some of your in a car accident. I'm like, really? Yes. But of course, yeah. right? But again, but it so complicates and already so overwhelming, a situation that's so overwhelming. And so we need to be able to let people be held and honored in their grief. Who cares? Who cares why or what? And who cares if you don't even understand it? You know that another human being needs support. So yeah. just be present. Don't be afraid about what you're going to say. Just be present and and say, I'm so sorry. You know, so many people, when you tell like the truth about something, like my father died and he was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people's reactions like, well, he deserved it, right? <laughs> no, but I mean, like, that's why I think people lie about it, right? And it's like, wait, he's my father. Drinker or not drinker, he's my dad. Screw you. Well, and that says more about them than it did about him. And my little anger him. kicked in. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> no need for you to be defensive. Because <laughs> right? no, it really says it more would, about them. That's when I was 13. But yes, I, I, I think that is such an incredible thing. And I think that for this moment... 
we're going to say goodbye for this week. And I think we're going to come back and we're going to talk a lot more about grief for next week because the next thing that we're going to talk about is how do you deal with grief, right? So we're identifying what it is. You just told her the best way to like peel back that onion to figure out like where is all this coming from? And then next week we're going to talk about what what can you do to start to deal with it, to work your way through it. Do your inquiries. Inquire with your friends who are sensitive. Just show up and be present. You don't have to pass judgment. Yeah, and (laughs) hit us up. You know, we're obviously, everybody knows who does, that we always respond. So, So tell us about it. Talk to us about it. If you have more questions, talk to us about it. And on that note, Bren, remember, our school is hard. Without the other side. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And a special thanks to our producer, Maya Cole, who guides us while we guide you. Hit us up on Instagram at Other Side Guides or shoot us a note at Other Side Guides at iHeartRadio.com. And you can even call us at 833-22-GUIDE to leave us a message. We want to know what you think. We want to know what you know. And we want to hear your stories. And remember, Earth School is hard without the other side. Insider's Guide to the Other Side is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.